Blog Talk Radio. Well, bless the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord. This is Pastor Winfred Burns, and you are with us. On the Word on Wednesday, we bless God for you tonight, and as usual, we want to get started with a word of prayer, and after prayer, we're going to dive right into our lesson. We continue in Acts chapter 4, and this is part two of When the Message is Contested. Let's have a word of prayer. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come. God, we come to say thank you. We come to bless you. We come to glorify your name, O God. For you are good and your mercy endures forever. Tonight, before we go into our study, we lift up the people of Las Vegas. We lift up those families who've lost loved ones. We lift up those over 500 who are in the hospital. We lift up the people of Puerto Rico as they try to put their lives back together. We lift up the people all over the Caribbean who suffered through that storm. We are reminded of those who are down in Florida trying to put their lives back together. And then the people of Texas, O oh God. We lift up this nation to you, O oh God, as we are seemingly reaping from the whirlwind. God, we are a nation in need of repentance. For these things did not happen by accident, but by divine providence. God, just reminding us that you are God and God alone and that, God, we've neglected to thank you for all that you've done for us, how you've protected us as a nation. And we bow before you, O God, right now in humble repentance. We ask, O God, that you would intervene right now in, in in our politics, in our discourse with one another, and that you would allow the Christians, the true Christians that you've anointed to go forward in this land and bring peace and healing by spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh God, don't let us get so caught up in what other folk are doing that we forget our assignment. We ask you to to be with us now as we teach this lesson, that you would teach, O God, that you would teach, that you would reach the hearts of those who are out there right now and those who will view this lesson later on. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we want to dive right in, and before we dive right in, I want to make sure that I am on time. Because my, my, my 30 minutes starts right now. Okay. This is part two of when the message is contested. And 
what we what we did last last week was we dealt with the first uh, twelve verses, and what we set up last week was what was going on uh, concerning the the. the the, concerning the healing of the lame man who who sat at the gate beautiful and the response of the Sadducee when they saw uh, Peter and John teaching on Solomon's portico. And if you remember, uh, the key question that they asked was, by what authority or what name do you do this? And the thing that we have to understand, even after last week when we told you who the Sadducees were as well as the scribes and all the people that were around them that sat, um, that were in opposition to Peter and John, these were the people who had the authority but their authority came from man. And so now they are challenging Peter and John concerning, who told you you can do this? And so what we get into is the, the question, and it's a two-part question. He, he said, um, it says, by what power or by what name did you do this? That's verse 7. That's specifically what they asked them. And Peter replies that, number one, we did it by, by the authority of God. We did it by the name of Jesus. So what you have here is the Sadducees saying to them, you ain't got no authority to do this. We're in charge, and we didn't tell you you could do this. And you have Peter turning around and saying, Oh, but I do have authority. And, you know, uh, we spent some time talking about the name of Jesus last week. But I want to just explore that just a little bit more so we can make sure that you really understand that as Christians who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, that now we have the authority, we operate under the authority of God. The Sadducees operated under the authority of man. They derived their power from Rome. And I can give you a whole lot on, you know, the passing powers of the earth. If you go back and study Daniel, you'll see that, that, that Daniel way back then, way back when, he predicted and he prophesied that there would be different powers on the earth. But the power that we now uh, oppose, because what this is, is the power of God versus the power of man on the surface. But when you look behind the curtain, what you see is the power of God versus the power of Satan. And that's why in Ephesians it talks about we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. Because this is a spiritual battle. It is the Christians under the authority of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, 
advancing the rule of God, what you call the kingdom of God, advancing the rule of God, individual by individual, as we spread the gospel and people give their lives to Christ and die with him and, and, and become witnesses for him. That is the kingdom advancement. Now, I know some people think kingdom advancement is, you know, you in this position in the church, and then the next next thing you know, uh, you get another stripe on your on your on your shoulder, and now you know you were in the ministry, now you're a ministry leader, and now you become a pastor, and then the next thing you know, you're a bishop. That is not kingdom advancement. Kingdom advancement is us spreading the gospel throughout the land. Amen? So the question here is, by what authority, by what, uh, and uh, I'm reading the ESV and I keep quoting King James, but it says, by what power or by what name did you do this? And we operate under the authority of God, as I said before. Turn, turn real quick to, to uh, Isaiah chapter 40. You see, sometimes um, as Christians, as Christians, we don't understand our authority. And not only that, not only do we not understand our authority, but we don't understand that God promised us authority. We don't, we don't understand that at all. And there are times when even those of us who understand authority, even those who understand it, we get it messed up when when all of a sudden we feel weary or um, we feel tired or we're not seeing the results that we want. And God sends a, God sends a word, and he, he told me to just share this with you tonight in the context of the lesson. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40, and it's verse 29. It says, he gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God has promised that he will always sustain us, even in our battles. Even when we're tired, they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. Turn over to John 7 real quick, because I want, I want you to know that you operate in the authority and the power of God. John chapter 7, just one verse, and then I can get through this tonight. I know we'll finish chapter, this chapter tonight. John chapter 7, verse 38. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. The King James Version says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You see, that's the promise of the Holy Spirit. You see how everything keeps going back to the Spirit of God? You see, it is we operate in the power of God, and the power of God for us comes through the Holy Spirit. Go back to Acts chapter 1. 
some of this stuff is redundant. Some of the scriptures are redundant that, I, that I'm using, but the thing that I am trying to impress upon you, especially in your conflict, is that we don't have to depend on our own strength, our own cunning and guile. It is the Holy Spirit that is operating within us, just like it's the Holy Spirit that is operating through Peter at this time. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, what God is sharing with us is, look, I'm going to give you the power. And when the Holy Spirit fell, the, the power fell on the disciples. That wasn't just a one-time thing. He says, I'll, I'll give you power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, through, to the ends of the world. We have made it to the ends of the world. And the power of God is still operating within us. But now there's this other thing about operating in the name of Jesus. Now, now when you operate in the name of Jesus, and we went through it last week. We showed you passages in John 14, John 16, and 1 John. You can go back to last week's lesson and pick those up. But I want to just make something even more crystal clear. Because we were baptized unto him, unto his death. We were baptized into Jesus. And to be baptized into someone's name is to be identified with that person's character and purpose. So when we got baptized, we got baptized into the purpose of God. And it allows us to operate in his name by his authority to accomplish his purpose. You see, when, when we ask in his name, he has obligated himself by his word to do whatever is in keeping with his character and his purpose. Remember I said that, that you know, asking amiss, you know, you, you know, Jesus' big thing was not riches. Jesus, Jesus did tell us to lay up treasure in heaven where moth and thief can't get at it. But we have, one of the things that we as Christians have done is we have taken his ask anything in my name and we've misappropriated it. We've said, okay, so that means that I can ask for my heart's desires. But if my heart is not in keeping with the will of God, then I might as well work some overtime to get that to try to get that stuff. Everything that we ask is in line with God. And and please don't get me wrong. Please don't get me wrong and think that I'm some killjoy and I don't want anybody to have anything and and you know, the, the saints are supposed to be poor. The Bible teaches us the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. So I, I don't even play that stuff. But what I don't do and what I don't subscribe to is the emphasis, is the emphasis being on 
things that we are going to consume on our own lust, because our lust after a big old house, because I lust after a bunch of cars, because I lust after a bunch of money. How is that advancing the kingdom? No. And some of us can't handle money. You know it and I know it. But what does the Bible say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Your father knows what you have need of. So let's, you know, we've got to start turning this ship away from ourselves and back toward doing what God has commissioned us to do. Amen? So let's go back over to Acts 4. We talked about the message that, 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 that Peter preached last week, and now we get to verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, I'm at Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who, had, who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them, and they charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have heard, seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them, because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. So what they tried to do is when they saw that these men were uneducated, when they saw that these ain't nothing but some old common fishermen, they don't. They are not of the hoi polloi. They are not of the the the, the aristocratic class. These are just some common, ordinary people. But they have been with Jesus. They've had an encounter with Jesus, and they 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 really don't know what to do with them, because the facts were in front of them. The fact is this, that man was lame, and now he's walking and praising God. He's no longer begging, he's rejoicing. They can't refute that. And so the only thing they could come up with is, okay, you can't teach in that name anymore. You can't use, you, you can't use that authority anymore. We have authority over you. If we don't tell you to say it, you don't say it. Well, let me tell you, the same thing is going on right now. How often, how often 
are we reluctant to share the gospel of Jesus Christ because of someone's opposition? They don't allow me to leave this, to do this on my job. Well, wait a minute, hold on. If the Muslims on the job have religious freedom, and I'm not against Muslims, they are who they are, they do what they do. If Jewish people have religious freedom and they can worship, they can have their days, um, the Muslims at, at certain times will stop and won't nobody get in their way, won't nobody say nothing to them as they take their time out to worship their God, then what and why do we not take the time to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ? You know, we have neighbors that are offended by the fact that we're Christians. So? And I'm not, and I'm not suggesting to anybody that you go out there and be obnoxious. But when you are led by the Holy Spirit, when you have the power of God and the authority of God, then we have to use it. We use it with wisdom. Nobody stops us from praying. Nobody stops us from reading our Bible. Nobody stops us from worshiping. Not in America. We have religious freedoms here. But even more than that, even if the message is opposed, God has said, in that hour of trial, when you are out there pressing my message, when you are out there uh, uh, advancing the kingdom of God, you are doing that because that's what I told you to do. And I am with you, and I give you the authority, and I give you the power. This is, and we see this example with Peter. Peter said, wait a minute, hold on. I know, I heard y'all say it. Don't teach in the name of Jesus. But no, we're going to do what God said do. And they threatened them. And they said, they said to them all manner of things. Because, why? Because Peter and John and the disciples are about to upset the status quo. The Sadducees are concerned that because of the teachings of Jesus, and what is, what is going to happen, that they are going to become irrelevant, that Rome is, could get upset thinking that, oh, here comes a riot because, you know, this Jesus claimed to be the king, and then the next thing you know, they're, up, they're out. No, 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 no. If it, if it is, it is. But we have to be prepared to share the gospel. Let me go further. I've got about 10 minutes to finish this. Verse 23, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. This is Acts chapter 4, verse 23. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, 
whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Let me stop right there. Peter and John and the disciples knew that Jesus was the fulfillment of prophecy, that God had planned the, the, the crucifixion to happen as it happened. He had chose the people, Pontius Pilate and, 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 and Herod. He chose them for that job. And Peter is saying, God was in control of this. And he, what he's basically doing is he's saying, this was all God's plan to save mankind. Wow. And now, Lord, verse 29, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continue to speak the word of God with boldness. So after they, they come back from this trial, after they've been threatened, they go into a period of worship. They go into a period of praise. They go into a period where they confess the word of God. And confessing the word of God simply means they agreed by speaking what God had already spoken. When Peter or whoever is praying this prayer begins to pray this prayer, all they're doing is rehearsing the scriptures, and they're saying, God, this is what you say, and we say the same. And in doing that, they are strengthened. But not only are they strengthened by the word of God, they're strengthened by the, their prayers and their petitions. And look at what their petitions are. They don't pray, pray for Mercedes. They don't pray for big houses. They don't pray for prosperity. They pray that they can accomplish the mission of God by, be, by being given a spirit of boldness to speak his word. The power is in our mouths. And all, as they pray for, for that boldness, the Spirit of God falls upon them yet again and fills them in such a way that they can go and continue on mission. What does that mean to us? Well, worship is important. Prayer is important. Confessing the word of God is important. Because through worship, through prayer, through confession, it's how we get into alignment with God. It's how we get on the same page with God. And if you want the power of God, if you want to advance the kingdom of God, if you want to fulfill the will of God, worship, prayer, confession of the word. 
worship, prayer, confession of the word. When you, and, and, and the way the old people used to say, to get wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in God. It's all about God. If we abide in him, he'll abide in us. That's, that's in essence what you're doing. We can't neglect our Sunday morning worship. We can't neglect our daily worship. We can't neglect uh, uh, um, our prayer life. We can't neglect doing the things that God has told us to do to strengthen ourselves, to build ourselves up in the word of God. We can't neglect that and expect to be relevant expect to be used, expect to advance the kingdom of God. Peter here gives us the formula. And so these are the things that we have to do if we want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and advance the kingdom of God. Because, again, that's what this walk is all about. It ain't about all this other stuff that, you know, that other folks talking about. I know. It is about doing the work and the will of God, okay? Now, the number of those who believed, I'm on verse 32. Now, the number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common, and with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold the field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, what's the result of everything? The result of everything is unity. The result of their prayers, the result of their, their behavior, the result of their worship, the result of, of their prayers, the result of their confessing, the result of them getting on the same page as God was empowerment to do his will and the unity of believers. Now, we think that, that, that this, this one for all and all for one spirit is impossible in the 21st century. I disagree with you because I believe that all things are possible. All things are possible. I believe that we have an obligation to take care of one another. I believe that the body that's fitly joined together by the power of God will work together, and there will be no lack among us. I believe that. I believe it with all my heart. But even more importantly, I believe that God has called us to this ministry of witnessing of his resurrection. And we're not preaching enough about the risen Savior. And so I'm going to encourage you tonight to go and tell somebody, if you believe it, 
if you've experienced it, I'm going to encourage you to go out and tell somebody, not your story, but the story of Jesus and how Jesus and his name is the only way that man could be saved. I want you to tell somebody how Jesus came and died and how on the third day God raised him up from the dead and that he's now seated at the right hand of the Father, and that he's coming back again, and that there's no other name under the heavens by which men can be saved but the name of Jesus. If you know that to be true, if you know it to be true in your life, if you are saved by the power of Jesus, then I, uh, uh, I want you to go, and I want you to share that. I want you to share that message of the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone, and I want you to begin to do that because that's our job. And, you know, you might be saying, ooh, well, that's a big, that's a tall order, Pastor. Well, I'm going to tell you, it didn't come from me. That came from God. And what God promised you, he says, I'm going to give you the power to do it. Do you trust God? Do you trust him? I know you do. Prepare yourself through worship. Prepare yourself through, through prayer. Prepare yourself through confessing the word of God. Prepare yourself by loving. Oh, this has been a wonderful, wonderful night. And you know what they, you see how we left off? We left off with the introduction of, excuse me, we left off with the introduction of Barnabas. The son of the, uh, the encourager. And next week we're going to pick up right at chapter 5. My 30 minutes is up. And so what I want to do right now is I want to give you a chance to ask any questions. Um, I know that, that, uh, that sometimes you have questions, but you don't want to, uh, you don't want to give them. And I'm, I'm trying to create an environment where no question is, too little, no question is too big. Any questions that you have, just type them on the screen for those of you who are on Facebook Live. And for those of you who are on um, uh, um, Global Drive, the call-in number is 929-477-2304. And while you're calling in, let me summarize when the message is contested. The last two weeks, that's what we've been talking about. When the message is contested, the first thing that we learned last week was know that there will be persecution. But also know that we operate under the authority and the power of God. We operate in the name of Jesus. We, we must be worshipers. We must learn and practice confessing God's word. We have to continue to pray for boldness. We have to continue operating as one. When we operate as one body in Christ, and you can begin in your home. If you're married, uh, operate as one with your husband. If you're single and you've got children, Teach them how to, to that a fam, the family unit operating as one, 
the importance of it. In your church, in your church, I know that sometimes we have differences with uh, pastoral intent, but that pastor is the leader, and we have to learn how to operate as one with our pastor, learn how to operate as one in the ministry that we've been assigned to, learn how to operate as one in the uh, in whatever the church is doing and function as one because it's in unity that we have our power. A house divided against itself cannot stand, and Satan loves to operate in confusion. Well, again, last chance for questions, 929-477-2304, 929-477-2304 if you are on Global Drive. And if you're on Facebook Live, all you need to do is just type the question in because i got good glasses on tonight and I can see it. And I can see Sister Cooper and Sister, hey, Sister, Sister Hayes, how you doing? Good to see you out there. Hey, I'd appreciate if you guys would go and, and go to the web page and uh, not the web page, but the, um, ooh, what's the name of that thing? YouTube and become subscribers. And also let, let friends, family, and those who need a Bible study know that on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock for 30 minutes that we are going through the book of Acts. Amen? Well, if there's no questions, let's have a word of prayer and sign off. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, O oh God, that you give us your word. We thank you, O oh God, that you give us your spirit. We thank you, O oh God, that you have laid out a plan and that you have an expectation that we operate faithfully according to your word. Father, we ask in Jesus' name that signs and wonders would follow those that believe. We pray, O oh God, for holy boldness to speak your word wherever that we would operate in your name and that we would uphold your character and that we wouldn't do anything that, that brought shame to your name. But instead, oh God, as we, we move throughout the land, that you would be proud of us as we, as we confess that Jesus is the Christ, as we share salvation that is available to all. Oh, God, how we thank you. Oh, God, how we praise you. Oh, God, how we bless your holy name. Now, Father, for those who have attended this Bible study tonight and those who will be reviewing it later, we pray that you would speak to their hearts, that they would understand what your word says, and that they would do the word as you have commanded them. Oh, God, minister to them. Where, if they're timid, give them boldness. If their speech is not as good as they think it should be, speak to them through, through them. Let, it know, let them know that it wasn't them, that it was you talking. Oh, God, let them feel your presence. We thank you for your many blessings. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Well, okay, that's all. And I'm going to call it a night. This has been Pastor Winford Burns with The Word on Wednesday. Next week, we'll go right into Acts chapter 5. I pray that you have a wonderful night. Tell somebody about the Bible study. Go to the YouTube. Soon I'll be opening up the, uh, uh, the um, what do you call that thing, the web page where all of these lessons will reside, lessons will reside along with some other things that we have. And we're going to continue to do what we can to advance the kingdom of God to his glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful evening and good night.